60 episodes. 60 fucking episodes. Welcome to Ranger Splain. I am morphologist Jay. And I am unsuspecting morphology victim Ashley. In Ranger Splain, we do an opinionated overview of a Power Ranger season. I have been a lifelong Power Ranger fan. Ashley, on the other hand, never grew up with the show. Yeah, so despite growing up during, like, peak Power Ranger mania, like, I was born in 1990 and all that, I was not allowed to watch the show specifically because my mom, like, expressly forbid me watching Power Rangers. I've asked her about this since getting like a little bit older and I've never been able to get a straight answer from her. Like one time I asked her, she said she was afraid it was going to make me stupid. Another time I asked her, she said it was, she was worried about the violence. So either way, this, I have no frame of reference for Power Rangers. Well, I have like a minor frame of reference in terms of like, like pop culture like uh osmosis but that's about it we are very um how do you put it we love to fucking curse yes we fucking love it so if you have a problem with cursing this may not be the podcast for you so we will give you a chance to get out now we won't be mad at you i mean tell your friends that love cursing and power rangers to subscribe to us but uh other than that we yeah Get out now. Get the fuck out. Go. Get, Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Don't let your kids listen to this. Please, no. Unless you're cool with that, then okay. that's, that's your parenting, not mine. Yeah. We want to thank Super Beetle for the name. Yes. So initially our name was going to be, well, we were contemplating it. I came up with it was going to be No No Power Rangers, but I was a little worried it was a little too negative. And uh, we went to uh, a show in Tennessee recently where Super Beetle was. Shout out to Crux Wrestling. But yeah, Super Beetle uh, jokingly called it Ranger Splane and it's kind of stuck ever since. So thank you, Beetle. Thank you. One final note. I would like to note that our opinions of each season are our own. If you don't like it, then screw you. Um, if you like something we hate, that's cool. If you hate something we like, that's also cool. This is Power Rangers. It's a, just a season for everyone. But if you complain to us that we don't like your favorite season, uh, screw you, buddy. Yeah. But that being said, Mighty Morphin, is this your king? Yeah, uh, Mighty Morphin was kind of, you wanted to kill me watching it. Yeah, no, this was like, so like I've told people throughout the years that I was not allowed to watch Power Rangers. And like for years, I like I had this like mental image in my head of it being like, you know, something super amazing. And then I watched Mighty Morphin and it's really bad. <laughs> it, it's kind of interesting because like at the time it was a, like a newer type kid show with, you know, superheroes being put in kind of the save by the bell situation but looking at it now with like all that we have in kids shows this this day it's like it's just a toy commercial and you can't do much with a toy commercial i mean there's still a lot of shows out there that are toy commercials but like you know my little pony friendship is magic is a toy commercial but yeah yet that first season is like practically untouched yeah it's really good but yeah do you just kind of want to go get deeper right now jay yeah let's go deeper uh with the plot right now uh the plot of mighty morphin is rito wakes on the moon zordon finds teenagers with attitudes to fight her monsters while saved by the bell episodes happen and that's pretty much the fucking plot and it's like okay why does zordon need teenagers with attitude like especially like if you listen to the description i think it was like both in the pilot and the like the unaired pilot and the original like first episode at least the one that aired about specifically describing them in a way that sounds like a way a sociopath would describe teenagers like i don't understand why why teenagers because they're moody and like there's the doyless reasoning which is like you know the teenagers are of course like hey little kids will look up to teenagers but the the, you know wastonian reasoning for it is stupid yeah i mean i watch enough like kids shows in terms of like animated kids shows and I, i get that like why teenagers will be like the protagonist or like why teenagers will be seen as like the adult characters on a show but like i don't get why like if you listen to zordon's reasoning on the show it is very very odd overbearing human oh god like why would you want that to be your hero like don't you want somebody that's a little more even keeled and not have going through puberty uh zordon zordon is a crazy person i think that's what we're trying to say (laughs) crazy fishbowl man <laughs> the crazy fishbowl man yeah there was, there was just no overarching plot to it um uh, something that doesn't really kick until i want to say um in space is when it starts to really have an overarching plot yeah and but i noticed like i i think i was the one who specifically pointed out that it felt like a lot like saved by the bell yeah you did you're like this is saved by the bell but with monsters yeah because it's like 
I've been watching a lot of this Funny or Die show called uh, Zach Morris's Trash, uh, which just points out the various terrible things that Zach Morris does on Safe by the Bell. And oftentimes it points out these characters that he'll do terrible things to that appear in one episode and then never show up again. That usually has a very terrible punchline that I never like to say out loud, even though it still makes me laugh and I won't spoil it. But yeah, basically it's like you have a lot of characters that show up on Power Rangers and then never show up again. Like the episode with the deaf girl. She never shows up again. Yeah, it's like you would think Kimberly knowing ASL would be a bigger plot point than it was, but it showed up in one episode. I imagine Amy Jo Johnson probably learned enough sign language for that one episode and then just... She's never seen again. No. Billy's girlfriends are never seen again. Trini's family, never seen again. Well, I I don't, you know, I don't want to see more of her race, like the racist character grandpa. That's, I don't need that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need that. Oh, God, it was so fucking terrible. <laughs> okay, I think we need to get a little bit more yeah. off track. Uh, um, so. The closest we got were the Tommy episodes, uh, Green with Evil, uh, Green Candle, Doomsday, and Return of an Old Friend to something overarching. But in the end, it was just still like a contained story. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know what it was about like Green with Evil that just felt like longer than it was yeah I, funny story about that I didn't watch that all the way through when I was a kid so I remember watching it constantly as an adult and I'm like going this is really feeling long I don't want to say it out loud but it feels long and then you you were watching like this feels longer than it should be yeah I mean each episode is roughly about 20 minutes like on Netflix um 19 20 minutes on Netflix you know because they're taking out commercial spots but like it's a five-parter and like so that roughly equals about an hour but somehow how it feels like I'm watching like a two hour movie um and I'm, that's not just you know time dilation as a child that's just it just felt really long yeah watching those Tommy episodes is really weird now I, I think we're gonna touch on this later in the episode but yeah. like it's like he loses his powers at one point and then disappears for a while and then it's a big arc and he comes back and gets his powers and it's like he didn't need to be gone that long, but whatever. Whatever. And then, like, you also have the overarching story of, like, you kind of have two season enders um, with Doomsday, which actually was, like, I will admit Doomsday was actually not that bad. No, it wasn't. Um, I, th- I would say that's probably, the be- like, the best of season one in terms of story. And then you had Return of an Old Friend, which also made sense as, like, a season ender with, like, Tommy coming back and, like, it- like did he get his powers back in that episode? I don't remember. Uh, I think he did. Okay. It but- was a blur. But then we got the actual season ender an oyster stew which was just a random filler episode where zach was trying to impress angela again again i really don't like angela but we'll get back we'll get to that later so the biggest thing is this was a 60 episode long season and most seasons are like you know 25 to 30 episodes this was 60 and it had no yeah it had no real reason to be 60 episodes other than uh saban just wanted the money they just were like fuck man we're making a shit ton of money off of power rangers let's just keep cranking out those episodes yeah none of that money made it to the cast apparently yeah we're gonna get to that in the next episode but yeah no i i get wanting to like oh god what is the first how is it that bo burnham puts it like we'll stop beating that dead horse when it stops spitting out money and like that was definitely like i know that's power rangers now especially but like season one like when it just kept going and going and going it's like oh my god you clearly wanted to milk this cash cow as far as you could i guess when you're like syndicated it's not as big of a deal but like watching it on netflix now it's awful it's exhausting but like who could have prepared for like the binge watching future in like 1993 yeah like no no one prepared prepared for that where you know you're gonna go through like 60 episodes of something and go why yeah especially like it's not just that the plots were paper thin it's also that you have characters that are basically cardboard cutouts let's start with these characters yeah so we have Trini Kwan about all we got from her was she's Asian and it was barely she was Asian it's like yeah the fact she's like Asian or like her Asian heritage only comes up in like two episodes all the other episodes about Trini are basically about how like she thinks Billy can't do anything by himself so you know basically you and me yeah (laughs) <laughs> that is a great way to describe it. It, it is like, um, it was like us, so. And then, of course, there's the central episode with her that involves Tickle Sneezer. I suggested we name the podcast Tickle Sneezer, and you did the Homer to Bart Simpson. No, no. 
or, or that I sh- like that I sh- tried to strangle you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't. That entire episode was just like I don't know if referencing other podcasts on podcasts is a good idea, but it's like basically the haunted doll watch theme from my brother, my brother and me kept playing in my head, which is just Justin just going haunted doll watch. Like we won't steal that bit. Like it's just tickle sneezer is a very haunted doll. Like why are you having dreams about him? Yeah, it's like, creepy. This is creepy. Like you, you had a dream, basically. The, the central dream and I think this is stuck in our mind as this is Trini is it, the, the centralness of this dream was Billy can't do anything and she lost Tickle Sneezer yeah and it's like why do you have this creepy gnome doll in the first place like it's like <laughs> And then you sleep with it, too. Yeah, you sleep with him, right? Well, first, like, it's by her bed. She wakes up and realizes this entire episode was, like, a dream. So, and then she, like, takes Tickle Sneezer, who I think he'd fallen on the floor. She picks him up and brings him into bed with her. I'm just like, why? Why? That that gnome doll is going to eat your brains while you sleep, Trini. Jesus. And you're also, like, 15, 16? 16, I I think. I don't don't know how old they're supposed to be. Granted, I still have... They, They can drive so 16 at least yeah i mean i still have stuffed animals in my bed so i guess i can't judge her that much but also like i don't sleep with tickle sneezer you know (sighs) that's that's basically her character is billy's in trouble and uh the other bit of her character was like her dad was a scientist slash kung fu master no her her grandfather her grandfather was a kung fu master and there's an entire episode where she's learning 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 mantis style and it's like to fight a prey mantis monster you can't tell right now, but I'm face momming. Yeah, it, it's it's like, why? It's like, just because you had Twee play the role doesn't mean that you have to basically be like, Asian is her character. You know, besides that, it's just like, we'll get to this later with Billy, but mostly she was there to translate his SAT, like, vocabulary. And, like, it was just unfortunate because, like, she could be doing so much more as a character besides just translating for the white boy who doesn't know how to use, I don't want to say basic English, but, like, slang. English words that everybody can understand you know doesn't sound like he's had his head stuck in a dictionary like prepping for the SATs yeah you know go go Power Rangers the comic from what I do remember reading of it and we are going to be diving into the comic uh does kind of you know mold more of her character it, it does everybody so which I'm looking forward to getting to those I'm actually looking forward to getting into the comics in general just because I've heard Boom's been doing great things with them but, you know Boom's been doing great things with like the WWE comics as well and you know I'm still even though I'm super behind on Lumberjanes I'm still a huge fan of that comic so I'm looking forward to reading the uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic and go go Power Rangers but that being said like so we did actually watch the unaired pilot getting ready for this episode so that means we also saw audrey dubois as trini and oh my god if she had stayed trini she would have been a lesbian icon like that haircut like just the well audrey dubois on that that's not to say that tui wasn't like attractive she was very beautiful but like i don't know i'm watching this i'm just like if i had like been allowed to watch power rangers as a kid and like audrey dubois had been the Yellow Ranger, I think I would have, like, realized some things about myself sooner. (laughs) Uh, You know, a lot of people say the same about Kimberly, which, speaking of, let's go into Kimberly, Kimberly, which her whole character is just basically girl. Girl. She is, like, super pink, into shopping and all of that, and so to quote Teeny Howard, who is the uh, writer, uh, well, she was one of the writers for Power Rangers Pink, which was one of the comics that Boom Studios has done, and she did this on a panel at uh, Heroes Con, Um, so I'm getting myself into character getting into that character that is teeny howard or kimberly as kimberly yeah teeny howard as kimberly hart i have a scrunchie tommy is cute time to kick a man's head off yeah yeah so kimberly is very much like she's very much girl but when we do get to see her in action she's also just like absolute like femme monster killer like proto buffy the vampire slayer yeah so like which i guess this is the point that like teeny and sarah stern who i did not quote but was also like talking about drinking pink smoothies and like killing a lion man um (laughs) so basically is that you know she was very much she was very tough but also very like femme but like most of the time we only got to see her be femme which is not a bad thing but very much like the 90s interpretation of girl yeah like she had one of her first lines she said about becoming a power ranger was like i don't know guys this is gonna mess up my hair yeah i remember that and i think that like that was in the original pilot and the first episode and it's like psych 
It's like, yeah, you guys really thought that was clever. But yeah, I mean, she had several central episodes actually throughout the series. And I don't know if that was just due to her popularity as a character or just that Amy Jo Johnson was one of the few people on the show who could actually act. I think a little mixture of both. You know, it's like she was popular and Amy Jo Johnson could act. Yeah. So she had like central episodes like Calamity Kim, uh, which was basically like where she had the super bad day and she gets kidnapped by Samurai Fan Man. Yes. Which that's just fun to say. Samurai Fan Man. Samurai, Samurai Fan, Fan Man. Man. Samurai, Samurai Fan, Fan Man. Man. Which was actually a pretty decent episode in terms of like character. I was actually surprised though that like in Return of an Old Friend, it's not a central episode about her. That's more of a central episode about Tommy. But like in Return of an Old Friend, like you actually see see her dealing with her divorced parents. Especially like in the context of like this like 93, 94. Yeah, it was, it was so like kind of a big deal because you know as much as we like do come from divorced households it wasn't until like we were like adolescents to adults like you were in college I was like 15 yeah so you know it, it's not the same as like and by that time like divorce was common whereas in 93 it wasn't very common to get divorced I think it was common enough but it wasn't talked about on a lot of TV shows yeah. like mostly before that age most of the time I remember divorce being mentioned was like on Friends Ross and his three marriages yeah, I wonder why. You're right. But, um... Yeah, so like, but I yeah, I would imagine like seeing the kid of divorced parents on a TV show at that age would probably be like, especially if like, you know, you have a child who is going through a divorce situation. Like, so I imagine that like having like, you know, seeing like a child of divorced parents on the show had to be like a big deal, especially if you were going through parents divorcing yourself. That being said, her mom was a Kruger. Like that that guy was like 30 something. Yeah, like her stepdad looked way younger than her mom. And we're just like, what type is like Kimberly's mom into? Is she just like a cougar that goes and hangs out at like the Angel Grove like college bars and just sees who she can like pick up? Like, I don't know. But like, I, granted, like we don't really know how she met her stepdad just that she has a stepdad and like her dad her dad's not a total sad sack he looks like he at least like yeah he's either at least like single or like maybe dating somebody that he doesn't feel comfortable bringing Kimberly around this is mostly just me extrapolating but but he, he was still like you know dressed up nicely and everything he wasn't like you know what most people say divorced dads you know what to quote the last week tonight I was like daddy why is this fridge made of string <laughs> or it's like yeah it's like he's not the mill ha- um what was the name of Milhouse's dad? But like, I don't know. He's like, I sleep. <laughs> it's like I sleep in a race car bed. I sleep in a big person bed with my wife. <laughs> yeah, Kimberly's a dad is at least not sad like that. Or that we know of. That we know of. But yeah, there was also a lot of like central-ish episodes to Kimberly that really got to show off like Amy Jo Johnson's acting. Like had the episode Power Punks, uh, which had her, was it, it was like her and Billy got like drank something yeah. that was cursed by like one of like Rita's monsters. Yeah, and, and they were, they turned into punks. And like that episode was actually really good for the both of them just because like you got to see them go beyond just being like girl and nerd. Power Punks was just hilarious. And also, and people talking about how Amy, like, not Amy, Kimberly was dressed trashy in that episode. I'm like, fuck you, no. That that outfit is golden. Like, she could walk into, like, any place, like, a, a queer bar in Atlanta with that outfit on and would just be, like, rocking the scene. But, like, also the, I don't know the name of the brain swapping episode. Like, it's, yeah, but the brain, the brain swap. So, like, the brain swap episode, like, you know, it's also another Billy and Kimberly episode, which I guess maybe because, like, David and Amy Jo Johnson were the only two on the show who could really act yeah so they had a lot of central episodes just so that way they actually had a plot line or like had a decently acted plot line but the brain swapping episode was really fun just to see like Kimberly struggle to be like her usual like bubbly girly self because like she's now a nerd stuck in like Billy's body no no yeah she was the nerd stuck in Billy's body and then like Billy was stuck in her body but like she's the one acting like mm-hmm like the, the the whole mech scene where she's struggling to like oh yeah um and and the souffle explodes yeah and the, but like yeah David like what is it with Power Rangers and exploding food well like we'll we'll get to that in like 
two years time with Dino Charge, I'm sure. But like, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, Billy, like David acting as Kimberly in that episode was absolutely hilarious with just be struggling to like tutors another student. Like, I, I, I think that might have actually been my favorite performance of David Yost. Yost? Yost. Yost, yeah. David Yost in the series was just him pretending to be Kimberly and struggling to like brain. <laughs> but yeah, Kimberly is like the biggest like example of heterosexuality trademark in this episode. Uh, not this episode, this season. Because it's her and Tommy. Oh, it's so cute. I, I will give to Tommy. He at least like tries. Yeah, and you could tell he does actually really like um Kimberly, but it's still just like if if they gave more time with Tommy, then it wouldn't have just been heterosexuality. Yeah. I could see them being like, okay, like, do you want me to tell on myself with like my first reaction to seeing Tommy? Yes. I was like, he ain't that cute. <laughs> like I saw Kimberly just making goo goo eyes over him. I'm just like, he ain't that cute. But yeah, I just laughed at that reaction that she had. It's like, he ain't that cute. Why yeah. Why do you care about this? We're going to save that joke for later yeah. of what you really thought he looked like. Yeah, but it was just like, but yeah, poor Kimberly is like, soon as Tommy shows up, like that's basically her entire thing. It's just like, Tommy, he's so cute. And it's like, girl. Girl, you can do better. But you know, that's also just like typical of like the character who gets assigned as girl in like a 90s TV series, just basically. Basically, at some point, you got to have, like, her getting a crush on somebody else in the show. Yeah. It's, you know, that also happened on Saved by the Bell was the will they, won't they of, like, oh, God, what was her name? I don't remember. But Tiffany Amber Thiessen's character. I'm sure somebody will yell at us about this online later. Please do. Because <laughs> uh, I don't want to Wikipedia it right now. But, yeah, like. We're not going to Wikipedia Saved by the Bell right now. But, yeah, like, her, like, she was the girl character on the show, even though you also had, like, Jesse and Lisa because uh, like well Jesse was also not Jesse Lisa was also girl and then Jesse was just nerd <laughs> nerd Th the 90s yeah but that being said like Kimberly is actually my favorite character on Mighty Morphin season one mm -hmm. um I think it's just because you do actually get to, she's one of those characters you do actually get to see more of beyond like the cardboard cutout stereotype of just being girl but it's also just like and you also just get a sense that like her being a girl does not get in the way of being Power Ranger. To quote what I said earlier with Teeny, you can tell that she's just sort of this kick-ass femme who doesn't really care what anybody thinks about her, except she would really like Bulk and Skull to stop thinking about her. Yeah. But yeah, I think she like in terms of like characters, I think I just sort of gravitated to her more, especially in a season where like most of the characters are just like cardboard cutouts. Cardboard cutouts and are just supposed to be there. Plus, like her fashion was just really cute cute like she's got that cute 90s like fashion and like I could see her like I think I made a joke when watching it like getting out of high school and getting more into like the the kinder whore like whole babes in toyland scene like proto riot girl it's like, just yeah, that, get into that yeah that's what she does after power rangers is that she just goes to punk bars and like kicks men in the face with her combat boots yeah um next up is billy uh cranston who is the nerd the nerd that's like the best way to describe him is he's the nerd and you can tell because of his sat vocabulary <sighs> Ah. Yeah, he's he's like he's using like four three four syllable words um in like multiples of these in a sentence just to say basic things, but that was the only way they could convey that he was really smart, you guys. He's super smart. And then you actually meet smart people and you're like, "Wow, okay, first off, you're a disaster. You're yeah. a disaster." But none of you speak in SAT words. Yeah, like nobody actually does that. I mean, maybe like, you know, the super smart people who like read the New Yorker and like like go to the opera but i think they're also just you know stuck up assholes yes and billy is not a stuck up asshole in fact he's actually very sweet and smart yeah um but it's like it was such a 90s thing i think I, billy was not the only one guilty of this but like it was a very 90s thing to have like teenagers use really big words or like talk about concepts beyond like a lot of teenage like not comprehension because teenagers are uh, way smarter than you can give them credit for sometimes. I guess I'm just thinking of like, you know, going back to Saved by the Bell for a second, thinking about like Jesse, who was often like, you had Screech being like the absolute 
feckless nerd, but then you had Jesse being like the smart girl who was often involved in like political causes. And that was something that she got made fun of about. And we'll, we'll touch on that in a bit, but like, you know, you often had the Rangers being involved in like environmentalism and keeping like, you know, they're basically Angel Grove together. And it wasn't like, well, it's a scene by a thing by bulk, negative thing by Bulk and Skull, but like Bulk and Skull just like. They're just kind of there to be Bulk and Skull. Which, you know, we'll, we'll continue on with that later. We should get back to talking about Billy. A lot of his episodes were either like built around his self-esteem of like, God, I don't know if I'm like really good enough guys or getting a girl. The getting a girl episodes where they, there was like two or three of those. Yeah. But like felt like their every other episode was just basically about Billy's self-esteem and how he felt like he wasn't good enough to do anything. Like I think there was like a two episode gap between like self-esteem episodes at one point. And I was just like, why <laughs> you went over this? Yeah, especially the B episode. Oh, God. The, the, oh, yeah, the one where he's like, I got a B. I never get Bs. And I'm like, motherfucker, I'd be happy if I got a B on my test. Bs. Especially because it's like he gets a B and it's sad that he gets a B. And so Rita haunts him with a monster and then what he got wrong was actually a b question yeah that caused him to get a b Uh, this was during the like after i think it was after return of the old friend or doomsday like episodes i think it was after return of an old friend where they were just like um throw darts on a board yeah but it's still just like how many episodes do we need to have about billy's self-confidence we get it. He's a teenager and really smart. He feels really bad about himself. Even though David is jacked. Yeah. And like, that was really weird just watching like those episodes and just like noticing like that David is actually really, was really super jacked underneath those really shitty clothes that they yes. gave him to try to hide that he was super jacked. <laughs> like there'd be random episodes where he'd be like sleeveless and you'd be like, Jesus Christ, Billy is jacked. But you can't have have a jack nerd no even though like wrestlers exist yeah or like go to a gym one of the hotel gyms during dragon con you will see some jack nerds get pumping some iron and getting their fitness on like jack nerds exist and they're glorious. Yes. But uh, Billy here has a really special meaning to old Jay over here. I'm so old. I'm, I'm a fandom grandpa. <laughs> um, no, Billy was kind of like a character when I was a kid that I just gravitated towards a lot. And a lot of that had to do with my own like social awkwardness and everything. You know, it, it was kind of nice to see yourself a little bit within the character. And um, I remember telling David when I met him, it's like a lot of like people would be like, oh, don't you want to be Trini or Kimberly? I'm like, no, I want to be Billy. And how that kind of was my start of really identifying more towards male characters and realizing, oh, I'm a dude, as opposed to like identifying with Kimberly or identifying with, you know, what, what you could have, Trini. Oh, uh, yeah. Poor Trini. I think we're more, we're more of a dynamic, like, well, maybe like Trini and Billy or maybe like Kimberly and Billy. More, more like probably, probably Trini, probably a mix of both. Okay. But yeah, didn't David give you a hug when you told yeah, him Yeah, he gave me a big hug. He is, he is probably one of the sweetest people I've ever met on this earth. Yeah, I, I would, act, I'm actually like, even though I don't really like Mighty Morphin, like I would actually want to meet, uh david yost after all of this because he does seem like a uh generally great guy yeah moving on we are now going to um zach, zach. poor zach poor zach oh i had a crush on him as a kid i mean walter jones is actually very a very attractive man he, so and he still blame, is yeah, so like, i don't blame you like he's one of the power rangers people well like looking at them most of them have not aged badly except for the magnet chud <laughs> We'll get to him in a moment. Jesus. Um, but yeah, no, like, but poor Zach, like he was just stereotyped so hard as black guy. Yeah. Oh. It was just it was just like Oh, Jesus. Oh my god. I remember distinctly remember the I distinctly remember the food fight episode. And like how he was serving like Jamaican food and just that 
customer service smile that Walter Jones had. You know, the one with the hint of nausea in it. And he's just like, you want some of this? It's great. You, you want some? And he's like, oh my God, I'm surprised Walter Jones, uh, before the peace conference happened, didn't go to Saban and just punch him in the face. Yeah, that was like really, really racist. But yeah, like just so much of like, yeah, just the food fight episode. And then like all of his central episodes just had that like vibe of like, I'm black, y'all. I'm black, y'all. And because it's I like I gotta do a dance contest, like dance contest, or like trying to like impress a fly girl, or like oh god, they were just they were poor Zach, yeah, poor baby, and like he was also like a he also got stuck with the heterosexuality TM with like his constant pursuit of Angela, and like I'll get on to my hatred of Angela in a minute, <laughs> but good lord, that poor boy, like just just let it go. She clearly is not into you. Just just go do something better with your life. Like, though it's like, also, it's like, go. Do, I, I could say go do something better with your life, but basically all they give him is like hip hop keto. And it's like, why? Why is he the one dance fighter on the show? Is it because he's black? And don't answer the question. I know the answer is yes. Ugh, poor Zach. So, like I said, like I had a huge crush on him growing up. Like, holy shit. Because like, Walter Jones is hot. Yeah, like, no, that's not a, that's not, he's very pretty. But at the same time, like, rewatching it, like, as an adult, I am like, holy mother of God, this is utterly racist. Yeah, and I know Zach has a lot of meaning to, like, especially, I, um, Xavier Woods has talked about this before, uh, Xavier Woods being a wrestler of WWE and also runs the YouTube channel Up, Up, Down, Down, keep it tight. But he's talked about how much Zach meant to him as a character, and I can imagine that as being, like, a, you know, I'm not a young black boy, so I can't speak for that. I'm just speaking from, like, the terms of, like, people I've seen who talked about it like Zach meant a lot as a character because there weren't a lot of like black central characters on tv shows around that time period and as a kid you know representation is just seeing yourself right because there's actually a later episode in Mighty Morphin or it's it's either Mighty Morphin or Zia where they have like they have a very special episode dealing with somebody with a learning disability I remember watching it as a kid versus watching that one as an adult and as a kid that one really touched me because I have I am very learning disabled uh, I have like two learning disabilities so um it really like touched my heart that they had a character even if it was just for like one episode that had a learning disability and the challenges you see with that whereas like later on when I watched it as an adult I'm like man this is really terrible and ableist yeah and it's like the same for Zach it's like I can recognize that like he means a lot to people especially growing up in the 90s but like at the same time his episodes or like his character is just super racist and very one-dimensional and that's not really unfortunate because it's still like Walter was trying to make the best of what he could yeah um but the worst part about that no not the worst part about that like that that was the worst part about that what I hate is when you pointed out he's missing a finger (laughs) because then it just became a game to see if I could see where you could clearly see he was missing a finger I'm sorry I had to point that out because I knew you were eventually gonna notice no, that's fair. And, like, I totally get that, you know, it's a, if he lost it as a kid and, like, you know, it's not a judgment thing. It was just more of, like, then it becomes very obvious they were trying to hide the fact he's missing a finger. Much like trying to hide the fact David was Jack. Yeah. So it's, like, so he's constantly, like, you notice that um, Zach is constantly moving his hands or has his hands in his pocket. That, you, it's like, you're not supposed to notice, like, you know, take too long of a notice to notice his hands. But then, like, when you see it. That's all you can see. And then it just becomes a game to see like, oh, how are they hiding Walter's hands in this one? And I'm <laughs> I'm so, I'm sorry, Walter Jones. You are a very good person. It was just, this is more on Saban, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're, we're very sorry. Jason Lee Scott is our, our, is our esteemed leader. And that's all he has to him is he's leader man with very gay fashion sense. Yeah, that one episode where like he's got the red plaid button down. And the red sweater wrapped over his shoulders. Was he wearing shorts too? He was wearing shorts. Oh my god, that is. Mm. We we ended up sending that to um, our pal Effie, who's a uh, wrestler who is very gay. He describes himself as a big gay Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, and he just basically flat out went, "That's a power bottom." I don't know if he was making a Power Rangers pun. 
or was just saying that he was a power bottom. But I- I'm glad Effie was like, like got in on this. Thank you, Effie. We Thank love you, you Effie. dearly. We love you. Yeah, like Jason was just he was. He was there. He was leader. He did karate and like helped the neighborhood kids learn karate and self-defense as well. And neighborhood moms. Yes. There was an entire episode about like women's self-defense. And I'm like, okay, cool. He was there. He was a helpful teen. He was a leader and also had no indoor voice while he was morphed. I I think I'm wondering if that was like them saying like from the pilot, like, hey, you need to like raise your voice more. Oh, right. Okay. So no, if you watch the original unaired pilot, he sounds so bored while he's like Tyrannosaurus as opposed to Tyrannosaurus yeah I was just like it it, it was like early on our watch I just I thought he was doing like his own Stallone impression (laughs) but like couldn't pull it off and then it was just like oh he's like this every fucking episode and this is a 60 episode long season Jesus fucking Christ we mostly just dunked on Jason a lot. Which, you know, it's not hard to do. Between his fashion sense and, like, his, like, super, like, no homo moments with Tommy. And, like, the fact he has no indoor voice while he's morphed. And has no character beyond, like, I'm the leader. I'm I'm a proud leader, dude. I do karate. I'm a, I'm a community leader. Like, it's, like, cool. Cool, no one cares. Yeah. I guess that leaves Tommy as our last ranger. And um, I'm going to say what you said well i'm gonna let you say what you said to me when you're like tommy's not that hot he looks like 90s matt hardy (laughs) (laughs) but she just like this matt hardy looking motherfucker like okay like if you're if you're listening to this right now and you have access to your phone i want you to go google matt hardy 90s and then google tom was it tommy oliver Oliver. google tommy oliver and don't and tell me don't tell me that he does not look like 90s Matt Hardy. I wonder if Bailey from WWE, who is a very pure soul, who also had a massive crush on Matt Hardy when she was like a teenager slash preteen, she had a crush on Tommy too, just because he looked like Matt Hardy. Granted, I think Matt Hardy was like after Power Rangers, so like maybe she had a crush on Matt Hardy because he looked like Tommy. Yeah, it's like I I could see that. It's just like I'm looking at him, and it's like as soon as I could just see him as Matt Hardy, that's all I could think was just that he just he just looks like Matt Hardy. And then it's like we went on a whole rabbit trail of just like making jokes about him, like when he gets older, just turning into broken Matt Hardy. <laughs> That would make Dino Thunder amazing. Oh, my God. Not that Dino Thunder is bad, but... So just expect me when you get to Dino Thunder just being like, yes, a lot. And I apologize That's in advance. guy will be deleted. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But yeah, that's why, like, I don't, that's part of the reason I don't get why people are like, oh, my God, Tommy is so hot. I had such a crush on him when I was a kid because it's just like he, he looks like Matt Hardy. And that's not saying Matt Hardy is a bad looking dude, but clearly Jeff was the hot one. <laughs> So I don't get it. And it's like the thing is, is that Tommy, I don't even think he was the hottest guy on the show. That was Walter. Yeah, Walter was the hottest guy on the show. But, you know, speaking as a bi, <laughs> shout out to uh, Chris Troy. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I just, I didn't get it. And, and the thing is, is that him and Kimberly were like, it was sweet when you got to see them be like all romantic and stuff and like got to see them together. And so the thing is, like, when you do get to see, like, him and Kimberly together, it's, like, really cute, but it barely is there. It does. It happens for, like, two or three episodes. And then, like, oh, Tommy's just gone for a while because he doesn't have his powers. And it's like, does he go to another school? What's going on? Like, you, you, he should still show up at their school. Yeah, because it's like, oh, we'll still be friends after this. And it's like, then why wasn't Tommy more as, like, an ancillary character while he didn't have his powers? And, like... I think the reasoning, if I can remember my lore correctly, was they didn't expect Tommy to be popular. So they just kind of written him off as a one-off character. <laughs> and then, oh shit, he became popular. And then he kept coming back. Until he, until JDF decided to be a wrestler. No, it was MD, <laughs> MDA. Uh, MMA fighter. Then he became a wrestler. Yes. Which, oh God, like... You're 45, dude. Go back. Yeah. And I just have a feeling like if this gets popular enough, we're probably going to have to watch one of his matches for this this fucking show. 
But anyway, so here's the thing. It's like I I I would get that initial reasoning like, you know, oh, well, we only wrote him in for like a few episodes and then like he'll just be gone forever. And then like he gets popular. So they have to bring him back. And which happens a lot in this first season because the season is 60 fucking episodes. 60 fucking episodes. But, like, it's also just, like, that's what bothered me about, like, like many things bother me about Zordon. Um, but, like, when Tommy comes back, like, Zordon suddenly has a solution for at least giving him his powers back on a temporary fashion. And it's like, why didn't you do this sooner, you fishbowl monster? You don't like Zordon, but you don't hate hate fully hate Zordon I think yeah, is how he, you feel about Zordon. Zordon's just weird. It's like he just he feels like more manipulative than Rita but like he's not maliciously evil like Rita. Yeah. Which I guess that is us transitioning into like Zordon. Like he's in a fishbowl. He's in a fishbowl. He kind of flat the first season he's just basically in a fishbowl spewing knowledge to rangers and that's the worst part about like yeah and then it's like he he's a sociopath looking for like these like teenagers to be superheroes because they're emotional they're emotional and overbearing and and i guess that makes them perfect warriors i don't know Power Rangers can be really dark if you think about it too long. And then he's, he's sort of just there. And then, like, the whole thing about, like, he knows a way to give Tommy his powers back. And it's like, but you didn't bring that up sooner when he lost his powers? I think it's, like, 20 or so episodes later they, that Zordon's like, I can give you back your powers, Tommy. I'm like, well, why didn't you do this 25 episodes ago? Well, isn't that also part of it was that the Dragon Zord died in the, um... The Dragon Ranger died. Dra- okay. Um, so basically what happened in Zoo Ranger was Tommy's counterpart, uh, uh, I'm just blanking on the name and I don't care. Uh, but the Dragon Ranger, um, was, was evil and then died. So they had very limited footage from Zoo Ranger dealing with the Dragon Ranger. So, um, yeah, they were kind of like, well, what do we do? And when they were starting to, uh, use the Zoo 2 footage, and even then they were like, well, what do we do with Tommy? I'm like, well, just add him in. You're, you're making entirely American footage in Japan, mind you. In Japan, they are making footage exclusively for Power Rangers. You can throw in Tommy. Yeah, it's like, there's there's nothing saying you can't do that. Um, But yeah, Zordon, he's just sort of there. And I find it a little disturbing that you never see his mouth move. Yeah, because they couldn't, like, animate it quite right. Yeah, because I I think it was even more disturbing in, like, the unaired pilot where you can see his mouth move. Like, he had, like, what is that... What do that mouth do? I don't, and that's not that's not a euphemism for anything. I don't know what Zordon's mouth is doing. You're gonna freak out during the movie because he actually has full like face animations and shit. No. Yeah. Oh no, this is the first time I'm learning about this. <laughs> oh, this is this sounds terrible, especially if it's 95 graphics. <laughs> That's a later episode. But then we have his his trusted assistant, Alpha 5, who's really annoying and fucking useless. Oh, yeah, that's all you can really say about, like, we have a note in our show notes that just says Janet is better because we've been watching The Good Place, and Janet is better. She is a better not-robot AI assistant, where all Alpha 5 does is just, like, walk around, press buttons on consoles, occasionally gets dismantled. But also apparently a ladies bot because like in the one Halloween episode where he actually gets to go to like the Halloween dance because like he's a robot and you can just convince people that he's in a costume and like all the women at that party are all up on him. A lot of robosexuals. <laughs> yeah, right? And it's like, I, he runs away before anything can happen, but it's like, well, what were you planning on doing, Alpha 5? Were you aware that you are a ladies magnet? Like, what what was what was going through your mind there? What was your CPU processing? Again, if this was an adult series, it'd be very different. But yeah, no, that's what we have Bender for. Yeah, ben- Bender's better. Yeah, Bender and Janet are better. Oh God, can you can you imagine Bender and Janet? <laughs> hey, baby, you want to kill all humans? No. I would not doing my best Janet impression. I don't think it works. I'm working on it. But yeah, um, moving on from Alpha 5, because we don't really have a lot to say about him because he's just sort of there. there. You're going to really hate Alpha 6. I have been told this. I am not looking forward to it. 
We are uh, on the adults and the characters right now. Uh, they are just utterly useless, except for Miss Appleby. She's a G. Yeah, Miss Appleby is the most competent adult character in the show that you see on a regular basis. And like, and she's often presented as like a fuddy-duddy teacher, but she's actually the coolest character on the show. Yeah. Um, we I st- love we stand Miss Appleby. Yes, I still like. Oh my God, Miss Appleby! But like, I still laugh about the fact that like she takes Tommy's communicator in that one episode where it wasn't working correctly, and he just asks her nicely for it back. And it's like, okay, she's apparently not as much of a hard ass as the show's making her out to be, but maybe she's just mostly a hard ass to bulk and skull. Who deserve it. Who deserve it. But yeah, like, you, the, the, the adult character you see the most on the show is Ernie because they all hang out at the youth center. And it's like, first of all, what place in America has a youth center where, like, the children can work out and also have a, that basically has a gym and a juice bar. And it's like, where in America does this exist? Without a Jesus like like a clause or something like that, <laughs> I mean, in terms of like, not even, I've been to like specific like church like youth groups or whatever, but like they never are like in a gym. That essentially is what the youth center is. There's no Jesus clause. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but like, yeah, but Ernie. He's kind of just useless. Like he doesn't know business. Like it was going out of business because he was in the red. And then we were like, "Well, guys, I'm gonna give away these free smoothies." I'm like, "Well, that's why you're in the red." Yeah, that was the worst part. Is like, okay, so there's that entire episode where they're like, he's about to lose the business, and then like they find this missing dog that belongs to someone rich who has like I think they realize that there's a um there's a reward for like returning him, and like so they manage to like it's a whole thing of just like well then like the dog gets kidnapped. I read as goons. It's really stupid. It's really dumb. But then they get him back, and then like I guess they contact the the late the rich lady who owns this dog, and like they give Ernie the credit, so that way he gets the money, which is a very sweet thing to do. And then as soon as he gets the money and realizes it's enough to save his business, he immediately gives everybody smoothies on the house. It's like Ernie, that is why you are in the like. I get the celebratory nature of it, but it's like Ernie, that's why you're in the red in the first place, <laughs> is because you're always giving free smoothies to the children. Yeah. Especially these six kids, or five or six kids, depending on what time of the season it is, who do everything for this town. Oh my god, like, oh god. It's like, how, there's no other, yeah, there's like no other adults in Angel Grove? There's Mr. Kaplan, but he's like, he just blames the Rangers on shit. Yeah, he's like the J. Jonah Jameson. Well, again, Give it, me it, pictures of the Rangers. Well, he's not necessarily blaming, like, the Power Rangers for stuff. He's mostly just blaming the five kids for everything that goes wrong at the school, even though they're the only ones keeping the school together, sir. Yeah, like, Jesus. Oh, God. Like, I think Angel Grove would, like, whether you know that they're the Power Rangers or not, I think Angel Grove would fall apart without, like, the like the, like the the five kids. Like, Yeah, they, it would. Yeah, like, Jesus Christ. Uh, but, yeah, going through, like, all of the reoccurring characters on the show, we have Angela. So, like, Angela gets introduced in, like, fairly early on as, like, a girl that Zach is into. And, like, she's, like, the only other black character on the show that is, like, reoccurring besides Walter Jones. And, like, it's just, it's really obnoxious that the one black woman you see on the show is, like, is, one, a love interest who's just sort of, like, the mean girl who just, like, every time Zach asks her out, she's, like, you know, no, as if, or, like, insults him. And then, like, there are a couple of episodes where it seems like she shows interest in him. Like, she's the one who asks him out to the movies in that one episode. Yep. And then, like, gets mad when, like, he's, she's, he's trying to interact with her or, like, when he has to leave in the middle of the movies to, like... Be a Power Ranger. To be a Power Ranger. Because, like, when he comes back, she just dumps popcorn on him and leaves. Like, popcorn he just got and said, like, oh, I was held up in the in the line. Yeah, so it's like, I, you know, I get it. I've asked people out on dates and then just realized, oh, well, this is not working. But it's also just, like, you asked him out. Like, it seemed like you were interested in him. And then you get mad when, like, he has, he tells you he has to leave. He doesn't, like, leave unexpectedly and comes back and brings you popcorn. And then you're just, like, bleh. Or, what was it, like... Not that women should, like, oh, man, anything, but it's, like, you were the one who initiated this. You clearly wanted to date him unless you just wanted to make him feel like a stooge, in which case you're kind of a terrible human being. Yeah, mission accomplished. Or maybe it was just one of those cases of just, like, I'm bored and, like, I want to see if this actually means anything. But then, like, you could, you don't have to ask him out. 
You just go ask to hang out with him. Yeah. And then, like, and was there was, like, another episode where, like, oh, like, the episode with, like, the kid, like, she was, like, leading that one kids group and, like, thought he was, like, really great with kids. And then, like, it seems like they're going to go out on a date. And then she was, like, it seems like she was asking him out on a date. And then it was just, like, oh, just kidding. I was, like, we're actually going to go, like, uh, like, chaperone the kids at, like, the animation film festival. Oh, that was the episode with the woodpecker monster. Yeah. Because there's that whole joke about, like, oh, it's my favorite, Woody Woodpecker. And he just had, has this, like, thousand-yard PTSD stare. And then, like, the Oyster Stew episode, which was the final episode of the season, which had no reason to be a season finale. But, again, I guess if you're syndicated episodes and you just decide you need to do more because you want to make that sweet, sweet eat, uh, toy money, it doesn't really matter what's a season finale and what, what is a season finale and what isn't. But, yeah, that entire episode is, like, did, did he ask her out or did she ask him out? He asked her out. Yeah. So, like, he asked her out, takes her to this super nice French restaurant, and is trying to impress her. And, of course, it's Power Rangers, so shit goes awry. And then, like, at the end of the episode, she gets all mad at him for how, like... It or, went. It went. And then just, even though she seemed, like, into him for most of the episode, until she got frozen by, like, the pearls. Because, again, it's Power Rangers. To be fair, that would be a date ender for me. But it was starting to be a date ender before that. Yeah. So it's just like, so are you into Zach or are you not? Especially since the episode ended with them getting together. Wait, it ended with yeah. them getting together? Yep. I don't, uh, I, I would it's say. It's 60 episodes. Just kind of all runs together. Yeah. So it's like, are you, yeah, it's just like, Angela's like that Katy Perry song, like hot, hot and, and cold. cold. You're hot, then you're cold. You're yes, then you're no. You're in, you're out. You're up and you're down. You're wrong when it's right. It's black and it's white. We fight and we make up. We kiss and break up. Oh my God. Did I really do that off the top of my head? I fucking hate myself. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so moving on. So the other major reoccurring characters we have on this show are Bulk and Skull, who are the bullies of the school. And it's, like, pretty much it for this season. Because I'm just, like, at the entire, like, multiple times throughout watching the season, I'm just, like, why are they here? Like, literally all this purpose Bulk and Skull service that they show up, say something negative about what the Power Rangers or, well, you know, the kids are doing, <laughs> and then, like, try to act like they're super cool and can do the same shit and then just embarrass themselves a lot of a lot of physical comedy that paul had to do as bulk yeah it was super impressive and it's like fuck your fat phobia like look at like all the shit he's having to do as an actor mm-hmm. i mean yeah like you pointed out that a lot of like their character arc in this first season like arc i say very loosely extremely loosely um is that it's just fat guy and parrot yeah because like i, I think that's just sort of a traditional like comedy uh trope is like you have have like the you know the big guy who's kind of the leader and then you have like kind of the skinny sniveling guy who's like his um his sidekick the 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 whole their whole dynamic with kimberly was well mostly gross but i did love that kimberly in the episode where they had to face their worst fears island of illusion yeah her worst fear was that rita would turn them nice i'm like how much do you hate bulk and skull that you fear rita will make them good people and you actually have to deal with the fact that they are now good people and it's like well first of all that's not rita's mo Rita's not interested in making anyone nice, but like, you're so worried about this. I'm like, what? Is this something that you like actually sit and contemplate about what you would have to do if Bulk and Skull suddenly became good per- people? How much is this occupying space in your brain, Kimberly? Uh... No, I, I totally get her hatred of them. Like, I too would also hate people, and I have hated people that just spend their entire days just crazy reaping on her like i get it like kimberly i get it but also why how is it at your greatest fear that rita's gonna make them good people i don't understand now we get to talk about the main villain of the piece since we're actually done with the recurring like characters that are not evil uh is rita repulsa drag queen extraordinaire yeah i actually i weirdly like rita as as obnoxious and annoying as like the voice actress they had like you know dubbing in for her was like and and i guess that's the point is that she's supposed to be an over-the-top villain Mm -hmm. but i actually really like rita in a weird way just because she is just like over the top and campy yeah it it works for the show because the show's kind of campy in it uh, of itself so having someone that's not that complex and just as campy and evil and throws her magic wand to make monsters grow works for it yeah but it's just like yeah there wasn't a whole lot there in terms of characters just that mm, 
there wasn't a whole lot there in terms of character because it was just like, oh, she's evil. She makes monsters grow. She constantly complains about having headaches, which was apparently a thing in Zoo Ranger. So once I learned that, I was like, okay, at least that makes sense that while they're having her like, oh, I have such a headache. It's like, oh, that's apparently a thing that, was it Bandora? Bandora. Which I... The name Bandora is so much cooler than Rita Repulsa, but you know what? I'm not the one unwriting the show. But also just like, here's the thing. Like most of Rita's plots were just basically having her goons throw out monsters and just like having weird convoluted plots based on whatever was happening with the, with the kids. Like the bees, the fucking bees. Or like the oysters and the pearls and all of that. But then there's just a couple of episodes where it's just like... Like with power, um, not the it's the brain switch episode. She just wants to flat out like fry Billy's brain with his own invention. Yeah, and then there's like the one episode where she just like, she has one of the monsters, like one of the goons like slip some sort of like... Sleeping draught. Sleeping draught in like her and Kimberly's uncle's like drink that he drank before they go on a plane that he's flying and just makes him pass out while they're flying so Kimberly has to pilot the plane with help of like was it Zordon and Alpha? Yeah Zordon and Alpha. So she has to basically like with Bulk and Skull in the back I might add. And they're passed out too because they're like oh shit. So I, they do wake up at some point and realize oh shit we're gonna die. But and yeah. Pass out again. Yeah but like here's the thing. If Rita's just gonna straight up plan on killing these kids not with like convoluted monster plans just buy a fucking gun woman rita needs a gun yeah give let rita say fuck and let rita have a fucking gun problem solved <laughs> let rita say fuck let, like she can even shoot them from her bicycle her flying bicycle which only comes up like three times i just love the image of rita on her fucking bicycle just shooting people <laughs> <laughs> just like it's like oh with like one of the one of those like revolvers or something like classic you know detective guns just going or like or oh. the joker like pistol from the batman returns I mean, that makes sense but i'm imagining it more like that one episode where like homer simpson um on the simpsons where he has to like he, he has to study marketing and just throws the books out and then just like stands outside the bowling alley with his shotgun is just like bowling get your bowling here like that's how i'm imagining rita with like a shotgun just <laughs> firing <laughs> widely <laughs> and like <laughs> god power rangers would be a much different series if you just gave rita repulsa a gun uh, and then the only character we care to talk about from a rogues gallery because they were all pretty much you know standard flat characters is scorpina and i'll let ashley take it away scorpina is fucking hot yeah. That's all I got. I saw Scorpina. She's fucking hot. She is too good for Goldar. I'll just say one thing though. I am so mad her monster form was not also hot. Like, I, I, I don't care if that says too much about me, but like her, her monster form was just like, ugh. But yeah, Scorpina was very hot and she was too hot for Goldar. That's that's pretty much uh, the overview of the characters we care about. Yeah. Or wanted to say some things. Yeah, because it's like most of Rita's like, like I don't, I, I'm going to tell you, besides Goldar, I don't remember the name of most of Rita's, like, compatriots. Senster was the monster builder, and he was just basically nerd monster. Yeah, and he didn't really do much besides build the monsters. You never saw him get involved in any of the plots beyond that. Babu and Squat were essentially uh, bulk and skull, but monsters. Yeah, they don't really contribute much there, and that's why I don't remember them, is because, you know, they, they're basically monster bulk and skull, and they're idiots. And Goldar is slightly smarter, but also an idiot. <laughs> Goldar is a body man. Yeah. He's a body monster. He's a body lion. Body lion man. Yeah. Body cat. No, that's alley cat. Never mind. So that just kind of brings us to kind of wrap up some of our odds and ends of what we think. Definitely that Jason is gay. That was one of our main jokes. Yeah, because it's like that's the jokes we just kept making just between that fashion sense and like his general like uh, unresolved sexual tension with Tommy. Oh, God, that was that was so thick. <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. And even like it's extra hilarious when you know that like Tommy and JDF just hate the shit out of each other. 
Like, apparently they still hate each other from, like, shit yeah, uh, from, like, like, the 90s. Aus- Austin and JDF will not be seen in the same place at the same time at cons. But, yeah, speaking of, like, gay characters, we like, we just decided at some point during the season that Skull clearly had to become a drag queen. Which, I guess, because I know he shows up in later seasons as a seasons and is apparently fucking loaded yeah so you know we had this whole like we came up with this whole like uh, and, and it had to do with that episode where there's been several episodes where bulk and skull are in drag and it's just like this one episode where like skull actually put put time into his makeup yeah and actually looked very good like, yeah and like and yeah and it still plays about like her 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 man in a dress but like you know skull put time into and thought into his look so it's like oh well maybe he like when he gets older he gets into drag and becomes a drag queen and like we just, just randomly decided that the name would just be michelle from hr uh because i was telling jay here about um a, an australian drag queen named karen from finance which is objectively a great drag name and yeah. apparently she's just like a she is a beloved australian queen that like all the american queens love touring with but like so we had like this like mental like image like i came up with this whole head canon about like skull becomes a drag queen goes on a drag race loses but is a fan favorite and then goes back onto all stars gets you know goes through that trixie mattel path of like getting all that money and just becomes super rich from it and we we did also have a very bad head canon about him and like jason like having sex at some point yes. never speaking of it again yeah they, they meet at like some gay hideout things that teen hide that teens hide out in and um we, we determined that skull didn't realize jason was a crying bottom he's a cry maxer <laughs> as matt fraction would say he's a cry <laughs> so you know J- J- it was just like awkward for the both of them so they just never spoke of it again that they had sex but eventually when skull writes his like memoirs you know as an as an aged drag queen he will eventually mention that he did have sex with a power ranger he won't say which one but a power ranger um but also just like as we mentioned before like just about angel grove in general like these kids do everything for angel grove and it feels like this like town city whatever they are would fall apart without them yeah like holy shit like i don't understand how like they do so much for angel grove like they're organizing trash pickup and environmentalism like basically like environmentalist like causes because it's the 90s that's what we really cared about like there was like an episode where they were like trying to get enough signatures to get a plant shut down or re redo their uh pollution Uh output yeah a lot of things like they would organize a lot of things in this town i think like miss appleby was behind it but you know the kids mostly did the time capsule thing and then they went to bury it you know like oh we're gonna bury this time capsule because they're like you could they would have like they put they were able to put stuff in the time capsule if they had the top grades in class, which of course all six of them have the top grades in class because they are the smartest people in Angel Grove and this city would fall apart without them. Though that does kind of bite them in the butt when um, it was in a, it was the same B episode where uh, Bulk and Scar are like, man, if we don't do, if we don't raise our grades, we're going to have to be tutored by the, the, the top six people in class and the, and the Power Rangers count and they're like, oh shit. Yeah, it's like, we don't want to spend our summer with Bulk and Skull. But yeah, it's just... Speaking of Angel Grove and like them doing everything, is the city just filled with orphans? Yeah, that was that was another thing we picked up is like the Power Rangers, thank God, clearly have like parents. But there's a lot of episodes where like they tutor children and they're like, where are their parents? Yeah, like you never see parents of any other kids. Like yeah, like you you, you know the Power Rangers have parents because you meet them all in that one in the um Return of an Old Friend episode. Yeah. Because there's that entire subplot about it being parents' day. And uh you also meet Bulk and Skull's parents at that time too. Yeah, which honestly, with all of like the man in a dress her her moments, I am surprised they just didn't put a man in a dress for like Bulk's mom. They actually hired a fat lady. Yes. Which was cool. Yeah. So but yeah, it was just like like, where are all the parents in Angel Grove? There are clearly some mothers because, like, there's that entire episode where, like, Jason Tommy. Jason and Tommy, like, teach a fucking, like, women's self-defense class to a bunch of moms. And, of course, the entire time I'm just sitting there because I'm also going through a rewatch of King of the Hill currently. The entire time it was just, like, they aren't sitting there teaching them to yell, That's my purse! I don't know you! 
punt. Yeah, so, like, clearly they are not doing their jobs properly. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, there's there are moms in Angel Grove. Are they the moms of some of these children that we see tutored constantly? Because, yeah, there's so many kids that just will show up and be, like, that they're that the, that the rangers are mentoring. And then they never are seen again. So, like, where are they? Who are they? Where do they go? Eldrick abominations. Yeah, clearly. Uh, let's. I, I just have, like, so many theories about Angel Grove because, like, what is it that, like, the notes say here specifically British colonized L.A.? Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a fan theory that it's British colonized L.A., except it's not big as L.A. It, it doesn't, the geography for L.A. is wrong. And the geography actually for Power Rangers is all over the place. It's like they're in a volcanic area, which does make sense because L.A. is around the Ring of Fire. Right. But it's mountainous and it's like L.A. is not known for its mountains. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get, I, I know the actual reason is that they just used a bunch of footage from Japan and that sort of just like dictated how, that, that would dictate the backgrounds of everything. But if you're trying to put piece together Angel Grove as a city, it makes no sense. Are they a major city? Because like they have like city like infrastructure because that's where the, the Zord, uh, like the Zords will often congregate. But then like they're also in rock quarries all the time. Yeah. And like there's also an ocean nearby, but it's also volcanic and it makes no sense. And also, it's super white in Angel Grove. Yeah, it, it's supposed to be in Southern California. And here we are. It is super fucking white. Yeah. That is not Southern California. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. But, you know, it's also the 90s. Like, thinking ahead to make, like, your location, like, demographics accurate? Like, question mark? Question mark? What's <laughs> but, that? Yeah, I just, like, I don't, yeah, Try, what I've learned from the series is try not to think about Angel Grove too much because your brain will hurt. Yeah. Your brain will hurt. So, Ashley, you know, what are your what are your final thoughts coming into this as a, basically a new person into Power Rangers? Um, Mighty Morphin is really bad. And like I said earlier in the podcast, like for years after telling people that like I was not allowed to watch Power Rangers as a kid, like I was treated as like some weirdo for not having a, a point of reference for Mighty Morphin. And like, so I finally get to watch it as an adult. And it's like, this is what like has been hyped up to me for like 20 odd years. I guess 25 odd years shit is this like super unimpressive really not well put together like TV series that combines like monster fighting with saved by the bell plot lines and yeah I'm just not I was not super impressed and like you know it's a good thing that like I saw Dino Charge with you before like we started this podcast because like if I started on Mighty Morphin I think I would have just bailed on the podcast and walked straight into the ocean and we live in a landlocked area I mean yeah I mean Savannah's about three or four hours away. I can start now. Yeah, that's basically what I got is just that, like, I just, yeah, Mighty Morphin, at least the first season, is not very good. And I'm really mad that people hype this up to me as, like, the best thing ever for 25 fucking years because it's not good it's kind of weird re-watching this from like a perspective of watching it as a kid and now and as a kid you know it was a newer thing like they didn't have like a live action transforming hero show like power rangers so it was kind of new and exciting but watching as an adult i have to say blasphemy this is the worst season i have ever sat through and i have sat through some stinkers ladies and gentlemen i i've sat through all seasons so i have sat through some big stinkers and this is i think what gets me upset is that the fandom likes to compare like everything to Mighty Morphin almost from whether it's you know you're a nostalgia fan that Mighty Morphin is it for you and that's great or you're like every you've you've seen a lot of seasons and you're really into Power Rangers in terms of like in depth of it uh is like it seems to like everyone just seems to upheld Mighty Morphin as this big sacred cow and I'm like no just because it was the first to do something doesn't mean it's good and honestly from watching it, it it's not that great and um you know there's a lot of things that I've seen committed in later seasons that everyone will like say oh this is why this season's bad and then they'll watch Mighty Morphin and basically be like well we don't care if Mighty Morphin did it I'm like really well I guess it's that childhood ro- rosy glasses lens like you don't want to say something that you loved as a kid is bad I mean that doesn't like necessarily mean that it wasn't important to you anymore but it's just like objectively watching this like it's 
pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Like, this is not good television. I mean, I'm just fine if you're, like, a kid and you don't know better. But, like, Mighty Morphin, especially, like, it was fine for a 90s kids show. For 2019, eh, not so much. So, like, our final verdict is... It stinks. stinks. All right. Well, um, so what's happening next month, Jay? Next month, we will be discussing season two of Mighty Morphin. Joy. I can tell Ashley is so thrilled and enthusiastic <sighs> well is it shorter at least it's it's shorter it's 40 something episodes uh, well okay uh, we would like to thank uh, David Tyberg for the recording help and also again the Super Beetle for the name thank you Super Beetle thank you David alright and we are Ranger Splane and may the power protect you a Ranger!